0: This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm so grateful that you have joined me for another episode. So today I am talking all about gut health. You may have noticed if you follow me on social media, it's a topic that I have been writing a lot about and it's because it's been on my mind. You know, it's something I first heard about it it's been a while. I mean, it's probably been a good five years now that I started to hear about this research that was documenting the importance of gut health. And what's especially interesting for me as a psychologist is the connection between gut health and serotonin, which is one of the master neurotransmitters that that really dictates the um, operation of all the other neurotransmitters that control a lot of functioning in our bodies, but in particular mood. So it was always something that was really fascinating to me, but I just never really got around to diving into the research. And then it just kept showing up and showing up, gut health, gut health, gut health. And so I decided to take a deeper dive and learn more about it. And so you may have seen, I've been sharing some of the research that shows that almost 70% of people have some sort of symptom that can be traced back to an issue in the gut. And that's just crazy. And what's Especially interesting is that you may never have suspected that the symptom had anything to do with your gut health. It can be seemingly so unrelated, like a skin issue or headaches or gas or bloating. And we sometimes look to other sources for those issues, but not necessarily gut health. And so I encourage you to continue to follow me on social media, especially on Facebook and Instagram. That's where I'm sharing a lot of the research that I've been learning about. And I've been, preparing myself to start this program. It's a four-week gut health protocol that helps you figure out what some of the triggers are that might be causing some discomfort and also gives you an opportunity to really strengthen your gut health. And so I'm going to be starting this at the end of the month, but I've been doing some prep work for the past couple of weeks, just learning more about the program and testing out what it's like to make some of these changes. And I'll be honest with you, it definitely takes some effort. I spent a good amount of time planning out all my meals for an entire week. Um, But it was really cool. I, you know, I felt so empowered knowing that I was really going to be treating my body well and being very intentional about the foods that I'm putting in it so that I can give my gut a chance to heal and really feel my best. And I have to say that even a couple of days in, I'm not even doing the full protocol, but even a couple of days in, I noticed that I was feeling so much better. And for me, one of the things that I really struggle with is afternoon fatigue. And this has been going on for so many years. And it's just the weirdest thing, three o'clock strikes. And all I want to do is take a nap. And especially in the winter, that could go on for hours. It was a real problem when my kids were younger and I couldn't. And I remember looking at the clock thinking, oh my God, how am I going to get through the afternoon? I just, I felt like I had a lead blanket over me now my kids are older. They don't need me as much during the afternoon. So if I needed a nap, I could have one. And some days I do, but that's not really how I want to spend my afternoon. I want to be outside. I want to be walking. I want to be playing. I want to be cooking. I want to be working on my business. I want to be talking to people. There's so many things I want to do with my time and sleep the afternoon away is definitely not one of them. So everybody is different and everybody has a different compelling reason why they may want to really start looking into gut health. For me, that is definitely one of them. But also if you are someone who's ever had any stomach issues, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know that it can really ruin your life. When your stomach becomes uncomfortable, it can be just dreadful. It can ruin your afternoon, your evening, your day, you know, even longer stretches of time. And it's just really fascinating that if you do some digging around, you can do a really good job of trying to get to the source of some of the triggers. It's hard. It's not like you can always take one blood test and figure out exactly what it is. Although we are fortunate that there are so many more tests out now that can help us with that. But really at the end of the day, it's about elimination diets and taking things away, giving your body a break, and then adding them in to see how you do. And so one of the things, and this is really what I wanted to doc- talk about today, was gluten. So one of the things that's recommended in this gut health protocol is to remove gluten. And, you know, it's not like I have something like celiac. I mean, there's some people who have severe illnesses that know for a fact that they are going to get super sick if they have any gluten. But for other people, it may be a more, in, not invisible, but a harder to detect situation where not that they have a full-on allergy or your you know, medical illness that's going to be affected by it, but it's just that they don't feel as great or gluten has an impact. And some people have none at all and you know can eat it and no problem. And so I'm not here to promote one stance or another. We are all individual and we all need to just figure out and pay attention to what makes our bodies and our minds feel the best and what do we want to do for each of us. So, But I know that there are a lot of people out there who are trying to eliminate gluten and it is not necessarily easy. It is easier now because we we just now know so much more about other substitutions and there are some really great gluten-free products out there that make it easier. But that's basically the big thing that I was diving into these past couple of weeks was testing out what is it like to take that away and how do I feel? And also what other foods am I going to add in if I'm trying to take that away? You've heard me say this many, many times if you've listened to the podcast that it's always easier to focus on what you're adding in rather than what you're taking away. So what I wanted to do today was go back to a podcast that I did with my friend and colleague, Dr. Karen Stabler. And I wanted you, if you hadn't heard this episode before, I wanted you to listen to it because her story is super powerful of how she and her partner had some severe health problems and they just were feeling terrible. And come to find out making dietary changes had a massive impact on them and helped them feel so much better. And then they went on to develop a a gluten-free product, a sunflower flower or a flower made from sunflower seeds, um, which is just amazing and genius. And it has so many superb health properties that I want everybody to know about it. So um, replaying today, the interview that I did with Karen that aired last year, because it's really worth a listen, if you missed it, or even if you listened to it, but it was a long time ago now, I wanted you to hear it again. She really will help you understand why it can be so helpful and valuable to really um, pay attention to how you're feeling after different foods. And then she does an amazing job of walking you through the how-to. How do you go about doing this? And you know, that is my specialty. It's one thing for our doctors to give us recommendations and say, this is what I think will help. But it's a whole nother thing to actually do that day in and day out, hour by hour. And Karen definitely speaks the same language as I do. And stay tuned because we've got some really great collaborations coming up. But she did such a fantastic job in this interview of really walking you through how you go about do that. So here it is replaying again. I hope you enjoy it. Would love to know what you think. So as always, please send me a message either on social or on email or, um drop me a review and be sure to follow on iTunes so that you don't miss any future episodes. Okay. Enjoy the interview with Karen Stabler and thanks for listening. Bye everyone. Let me tell everyone a little bit about who you are and then we'll get into it. Karen is an organizational psychologist and a socially responsible entrepreneur with a passion for changing people's lives. Following Steve Jobs' philosophy, Karen has approached her life with the idea that people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. I totally love that. After struggling with undiagnosed illness for many years and doctors who couldn't help, Karen and her partner, Dan, learned that food would be their medicine, and they set out to increase the protein and decrease the carbs and refine sugars in their diets. Along the way, they invented a revolutionary and patent-pending versatile flour made from sunflower seeds called sunflower that can be used in place of wheat-based and gluten-free flours, but it contains 75% less carbs and four times the protein and fiber, which is amazing. This meant that they could eat foods they loved while getting lots of nutrition. In 2014, they started Think, Eat, Live, with a mission to revolutionize the way people eat by providing foods they love made with natural superfoods to make them happier and healthier. As co-founder and growth officer, Karen manages the Sunflower brand, social media, the consumer experience, and the consumer-facing sales. She's also responsible for strategy, investor relations, and many other day-to-day activities needed to run the business effectively. Prior to starting the company in 2014, Karen was a leadership and organizational effectiveness professional with a proven track record of successful consulting and coaching to executive high potential leaders and HR organizations. In her personal life, Karen and Dan have been dedicated rescuers and loving caregivers for a flock of rescued domestic ducks for the past 14 years. Healing them through balanced nutrition and natural remedies has improved and extended their lives considerably. She and Dan are considered by many to be experts on duck rehabilitation and behavior. (laughs) In a nutshell, positive impact and change is her thing. Well, what a bio. Welcome again, Karen. Thank you. Um, You are a woman of many talents, (laughs) suffice to say. Um, So let's get started and tell me, you know, you had this really successful... Uh, career in psychology, and I I didn't even get to list all of your accomplishments in that area. But I would love for you to, maybe on a different episode, we'll talk more about that. But for today's purpose, I'd love for you to tell the story um, of how you got into the world of gluten-free products and the Think, Eat, Live company.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's entirely personal, and it was all born from an absolute frustration with my current situation. So, i was sick 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 and and it was all around the time when i was 30 and i'm um, fast forward 22 years <laughs> and and here we are today but i had i've always been thin and i had put on 3 sizes in a matter of a year and a half and for me that was just you know, not normal. Um, I wasn't eating more. I wasn't exercising less. I wasn't having any more stress in my life. In fact, I was living in San Diego and had less stress than I had prior, and and yet I was sick with stomach issues, brain fog, chronic fatigue, and it got almost debilitating. And I went from doctor to doctor to doctor who could not help me, and actually started to tell me that it was in my head. Um, which got even more exasperating. Um, at the same time, my partner had significant um, seasonal allergies for much of his adult life that were requiring shots and pills and nose sprays, and certain you know then doctors were saying surgery, but none of them were able to help. He was sick, and and we got really lucky and found a nutritionist who said food is the root cause of your problems, and we need to clean house, and And for me, it was out of desperation, we decided to go along with this, um, and uh, one of the main things that was making both of us really ill was gluten, and at the time, I'm thinking, well, I'm an Italian girl, who, <laughs> who tells an Italian girl she can't have meat? and bread and pasta and all those things. And, and it just had to go. So we, we decided to, um, you know, really get on the bandwagon with changing our diets and then, um, you know, learned, it wasn't just about taking gluten out of our diets, but we had to like nourish our bodies with things that were going to like help us heal. And, and doing that meant we had to lower carbs overall. So we couldn't just trade out wheat and put in another high carb substitute. We had to figure out, well, how do we get more protein in our diets? And how do we get more healthy fat? And how do we have all of that balanced in a way that would make us feel well? Um, I also happen to have a nut allergy, so it made things even harder when you think about breakfast. What do you have for breakfast when you're going gluten-free? You can't eat nuts. None of the products on the market are good for you, and most of them that say gluten-free on the package are actually super, super high sugar and high carb. So those became my choices started to become eggs for breakfast every day, which wasn't an option. Dan figured out that sunflower seeds have more protein than any other seed, any nut or any grain out there. And so he just started taking the gluten-free pancake mix on the shelves and throwing sunflower seeds in it so that we would have more protein and feel better and feel full. And after a while, he's like, I can do this without, without the other flowers. So it all started with that. We were eating better. And feeding all of our friends this stuff and our nutritionist finally said, well, you get the stuff on the market. And we 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 finally realized that we weren't the only people suffering, that there was this whole consumer awareness around plant-based, clean eating, uh, getting more low-carb, and, and, um, and that we needed to be part of that solution. So the other thing, um, you know, just kind of to think about is that, like... The average American is now eating 350 pounds of of, uh, flour and sugar a year. That is like staggering. And those numbers, the consumption numbers of carbs and sugar went way up when the USDA decided to tell everybody that everything should be low fat, which was the worst mistake they could have made to the American diet. And we're still trying to come back from that thinking and from that problem. And over two thirds of the country is overweight because they're they're consuming too many carbs, and and all of this is leading to obesity, diabetes, heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, autoimmune conditions, you name it. Um, and we just really felt like we could solve this problem with what we had, so we just quit our full time day jobs, and we said, "All right, we're going to do this." and you know, what did we know about like running an entire business? I mean, we knew some, but uh, certainly there's a lot more to it. So that that's kind of the journey that got us wow. to say
0: <laughs> we're here. Yeah. That is the wildest story. And I want to just go back to the beginning of it for a moment, because I know that there are so many people in a similar boat. And I know that there are going to be many people like you listening to this who have these various and assorted ailments that doctors can't figure out, whether it's respiratory, whether it's gastrointestinal, whether it's migraines. I mean, all these problems that can be so debilitating and really diminish quality of life. And yet the doctors just can't figure it out. And. And you know, you hear the stories of people trying this medication and that medication and that medication, and it all feels like a band-aid to just try to mask it without really getting at the root cause. And I think it's so amazing that you stumbled into this nutritionist and that you had the open-mindedness to consider because this was a while ago now, you know, it's a little bit more widely accepted now, but um. But to be open to the idea that maybe food is the culprit is really, really significant. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and again, we got lucky because we happened to be in a place where there was a lot more going on um, in, in terms of being progressive in that area around food. And we found a woman who, Dr. Diana Fatehherji, who is a, a PhD in clinical biochemistry. So like she's as root cause as you can get and, and as individual as you can get. So as much as she said to both of us, you know, you got to get gluten out of your diets. Um, and she would tell everyone that by the way, Um, that is there are also things that individuals need to do that at any given point in time your body can be sensitive to different things and as you strengthen and you know your body starts to respond better to all the nourishment it's getting you can change up what you're doing Mm -hmm. Um, and so finding her was so important because a she validated that I wasn't nuts. I mean, I really, really was having years of struggle that nobody was helping. Um, and and there was a point where I, I started to really internalize it and believe, well, maybe this really is my problem. You know, my outlook on the world. Well, it had nothing to do with that. I mean, after a while it did, but um, she, she really helped unlock, you know, the, the, the desire to do something different.
0: Hello friends, it's Carol Perlman coming on to say hello and thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes as much as I've enjoyed creating them for you. I wanted to make sure you knew about a special program that is currently being offered on my website. If you go to number 4 lifebycarolperlmancom you'll see more information about my current time management classes. If you follow me on social media, if you listen to my podcast, you know that I believe time management is behind almost every single one of your goals. And the more you can perfect your skills in time management, the more successful you're going to be in reaching your goals. I have created what I believe is a really outstanding class. I've been studying time management for years. I've been perfecting my own system, and I've been teaching others for almost 15 years now. I created an online course, a 21-day habit formation course, that is now available to you. They, quote unquote, they say it takes 21 days to create a new habit, and I find that that is often not the case. So, go look on the website, HealthyForLifeByCarolPerlman.com, and you will see current offerings. I have several different time management classes for specific audiences. But the general one is just the It's About Time, Time Management class. You'll see all the details there. You'll see the upcoming start date. And there's always the opportunity to buy the workbook and complete the course as a self-paced course and take it at your own speed. It's one exercise a day. All you need to commit is 10, maybe 15 minutes a day. Step-by-step, you will create new habits that last a lifetime for better time management. Check it out. And I hope to see you in one of the classes. Thanks again for listening. Yeah. And I get it. How it can really take a toll on your psyche when you have something you're trying to convince all these doctors, if there's something wrong and they can't find it, it really does make you question, you know, your your thoughts around it. And, um, and so, yeah, so you got so lucky that you were able to find these professionals and you were open to trying what they had to say. And I'm curious, actually, um, you don't have celiacs, right? This is just something- I don't. Yeah. No, no. So it's non-celiac sensitivity or reaction to gluten.
1: Yeah. And what, what complicates things is I have chronic Lyme disease, which can create all kinds of problems with many parts of your system. But for me, it created something called leaky gut, which meant that pretty much anything I was eating, I was becoming allergic to. So okay. even- good foods. (laughs) So I had to figure out how to heal my gut as part of this whole, you know, journey. But again, for me, this was related to gut. For some people it's related to joint pain, migraines, you know, heart problems, brain problems. There's a whole host of research now on, on depression and how it's related to in in, in overconsumption of carbohydrates. Um, and, and You know, not a surprise, also given all of the research on the microbiome, the connection between the gut and the brain. And so we what we put in our bodies, you know, does more than just make us feel happy and full and, you know, give us energy for the day. It literally has the ability to transform our health or to make it go in a very negative direction and and people don't always notice the effect of food they eat and how it makes them feel because it's not always so immediate and it can be so gradual that, that, that it builds up over time until you just feel bad.
0: Yeah, it's so hard to trace back sometimes, you know, when yes. something's causing stomach upset, it's hard to trace back and figure out exactly what the culprit is. So it's a really hard problem to diagnose. But what you just said is the one takeaway that I really want people to get from this, that we are what we eat. And everything that we put in our body has an impact impact on our health status. And yeah. there's so much to say about the, the gut and the microbiome. And I'm not even, you know, qualified enough. So I'm, you know, talking about that on another day. But um yes, just- nor am I. <laughs> <laughs> we know that it's important and we know that there are people doing really wonderful research um, to understand this connection. So all right, so that is the story. So tell me um tell me a little bit more about where you landed, you know, after going through all of this and where you landed with the business.
1: Yeah, so um again, I the story meant Karen and Dan improved their their health and their lives immensely and so much so that everybody was noticing. Our friends and family were noticing. Our nutritionist was going bonkers over the whole thing. Um, it, it, it was hard to not notice the significant change. And I know for some people they would say, oh, well, you know, weight loss. Well, it, for me, it didn't start with, I want to lose three sizes. It started with, I want to feel better, but feeling better meant that all that other stuff You know, went away. Dan happened to lose weight, too. That wasn't his main goal, but he hasn't had one shot or one antihistamine or one thing to deal with his seasonal allergies, because what happened is all the inflammation in our bodies went down. So it allowed our our systems to like start to work for itself a little bit better and then when we introduce nourishing foods things that were really good in both macronutrient and micronutrients like really chock full of essential vitamins and minerals our bodies can absorb that stuff and start to make good use of it so we got really uh kind of gung-ho and started getting people around us excited and we we had people for years saying please just Cause we would bake these things and bring them everywhere and people would just eat the stuff and they wouldn't know they were eating a pile of sunflower seeds really. Um, but they were, and, and they loved it. And, and so we finally decided there was something we needed to do. Dan, Dan went ahead and said, okay, I've got to figure out how to commercialize turning sunflower seeds into a flower. And that in and of itself is a really big deal. Um, if you can imagine You know, when you grind up sunflower seeds, they might turn to sunflower seed butter um, or they're like a really coarse meal. And to get a very fine flour that is usable for baking and feels like you're eating something that's normal is extraordinarily hard to do. It's also hard to do um, because the process that we use we keep the oil from the seed in the flour. We don't extract it. And that's on purpose. That's because we wanted the healthy fat in there and that helps keep you full and all kinds of good support for your brain and on and on and on. And and to to do a process like that and keep all the micronutrients intact um, is, is really complicated. And none of the mills in the country are built to mill oil seeds. They're built to mill grains. So this was a very, very big undertaking, Um, you know, took a couple of years in the go. And once Dan was all ready with the stuff, that's when I quit my full time job. (laughs) So went to we market? got the stuff on the market yeah. and, uh, and thought, well, you know, people may not know how to use sunflower, so let's help them figure out how to use sunflower. And we made a bunch of baking mixes like pancakes and uh, muffins and power bars and brownies, and now we have a pizza mix and we have some other things, and... Um, And we did that all because we wanted to take the hard part of the thought process of what do I do for breakfast and snacks? Because that, again, was the biggest problem we were trying to solve.
0: Yeah. And I I have all of them in my pantry. I just took one of them out today to make the (laughs) muffin. And I was studying the label. And I was thinking, okay, if I put this together as a meal, this really does balance. I mean, I happen to be someone who's pretty specific about what I eat and when. And I looked at the label and I said, yeah this really would help me meet the requirements that I'm aiming for and I've tasted them. And I know it's also something that's going to be enjoyable. And it's not like you're torturing yourself with cardboard just to get the nutrients that you want. Right. So, okay. So that's the number one point that I, that I wanted people to really think about was that we are what we eat and that what your, what your foods you're taking in are going to have a massive impact on your health. And um, so now you have this great solution that can help people who are trying to remove gluten. But I know from working with a lot of people and from trying to eliminate various things myself, it is so difficult to make this kind of change. It's, It's really, it can be very daunting and overwhelming to basically take out a food group for some people. So I would love to hear your thoughts because you've been doing this for so long on how people can do this kind of step-by-step. Step. If you're at a place yeah. where you're saying, you know, I've always known that I should probably try this, but I've just not really been able to do it. How would you walk someone through that process of eliminating gluten?
1: Yeah, well, and this is the, the part of being a psychologist and then being a human that comes into play here. And it's like, figure out why you want to do it you know, um, because I think people start in the middle and they, they, they jump to, I'm just going to go do this thing. And if they don't really figure out how it's going to make their lives immensely better and, and, and that it's truly motivating intrinsically to them, not because somebody else set this goal for them. Um, it, it doesn't usually get that sustainable because this is a major thing that you're talking about taking out of your diet. Um, And so I always, and people talk about the big why. So I always talk about, well, spend some time thinking about what your big why is. For me, it was way easier than it is for other people because I was so desperate. I would have done anything. By the time I reached, you know, Dr. Diana and I'm sitting in her office and she said, you can't have gluten. And I looked at her like she was insane. She also told me I couldn't have dairy at the same time. And that's a whole nother thing. (laughs) But but, um, I, I really would have done anything because I felt that bad, and I felt a high degree of confidence that she understood what it was that was going to help me feel better for for other people, it's maybe not so clear, and so they have to really think about what it is that's that's uh, driving that that desire,
0: yeah, I always think that it helps to. Think about what you're working towards when you have to make a change. Instead of thinking about deprivation and, oh, I can't have this, think about what you're achieving by making this swap. What are you working towards? And you're going to feel so much more motivated to do that than think about just what you're trying to eliminate. I agree 100%. 100%. So for you, it was a better health state to feel better is what all the effort was going to be going towards.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I was trying to picture myself and again the weight was a thing that was bothering me but that really wasn't the driver i wanted to not have to say no I can't go to things because my stomach is upset uh, i wanted to not have it feel like i could get I, I i had such brain fog for a little while i don't know if you've heard of that oh, expression yeah. oh, but that I I truly couldn't think straight. I couldn't get, you know, and for a person who, you know, spent a lot of time getting educated to not be able to articulate thoughts, you know, became a pretty big thing for me. And, uh, and I'm sure it would be for anyone, but I was looking forward to those things being on and picturing how I was vibrantly before all of this started impacting me. So that was kind of what I pictured. And then, I think the other part of this, you know, step of clarifying why you want to do it is just making sure you understand, well, where are your payoffs coming from that are keeping you doing what you're doing? And, you know, there are, and and you probably deal with this with a lot of people that that you interact with, Carol, but there are many, many things that uh, keep us doing exactly what we're doing, even though we say that those are not the things we want to be doing. And we just have to understand them. Mm-hmm. so that we can change them. Can you
0: make, give me an example of what you mean by that? I have some ideas, but I want to make uh,
1: clear. Okay, so I'll, I'll just give a simple example. There are a lot of people who want to quit coffee drinking, right? And, you know, part of coffee drinking means you're getting caffeine. Well, you're getting a buzz from it <laughs> in, in some sort of a way. Or some people want to quit wine drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, well, what are you getting from it? You're getting, you know, to, something that helps numb you a little bit or make you feel a little calmer or just a different state that's a payoff of some sort. That's a very simple example. There are some deeper seated things that people get out of, you know, the foods that they're eating, but I was trying to give like a food example.
0: Oh, no, that's a really good one. Yeah. So if you so if you think about it, you want to go to the Um, not the root cause, but sort of the root cause, you know, if what, what purpose is the wine serving? Okay. The wine helps me relax because I'm feeling wound up for my day. So you still deserve to be able to relax and you still want to relax, but the idea is just swapping out the methodology that you're using and come up with other ways that you can achieve the same goal. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's really important to know your why and to know what you're working towards um, in addition to what you're trying to move away from, I mean, you're trying to move away from feeling terrible, but you're also wanting to move towards feeling healthy and being able to say yes to social invitations and just not be hindered by illness and not feeling well. So, um, so what's the next step after you have clarity on the why and, and the maybe deeper underlying reason of what might be maintaining a habit that you're trying to break, then where would you go from there?
1: then it's, it's really deciding what is it that you want to change? So, you know, everybody talks about picturing your future state and we already talked a little bit about that, you know, it's kind of visualizing what you're, what you're driving towards, but, but you're going to get specific here. So some people will try and change everything. And I guess that's okay. You know, if, if you're the type of person that can follow through on that, most people can't. And so being specific about what you're going to change and, um, what aspects of your diet specifically, if, since that's what we're focused on, you want to change? So, if it's getting gluten out of your diet, um, you know, th- the thought would be, you know, is it just gluten that you're getting out of your diet? Or are you trying to lower your carb load overall? Like, what is it that you're really trying to do? So, because again, for us, getting gluten out of our diet wasn't the only goal. It was getting gluten out of our diet and replacing it with something that was going to be less high carb (laughs) Um, and uh and and so really understanding that and this is where i'm probably going to get um a little bit bold but you know some people will say well everyone if you don't have celiac or you don't have this or that you can have gluten and and the research is not showing that Um, the research is actually showing that everyone should be avoiding wheat and gluten and and the reasons for this is it's just as we said earlier so highly inflammatory um, it's just, and it affects every single part of your body. It's not just your gut. This is a problem that is pervasive. Um, it's also like full of toxins. So I live in St. Louis where Monsanto headquarters are and they're the ones who've made Roundup and they've put Roundup all over wheat crops, all over the United States. Um, Roundup has been banned in, the Europe, in Europe for years and years and years. And we've got lawsuits now on, on this, but it is in our wheat. So we're literally, yes, so, yeah, so eating toxins, yeah. and then if if that doesn't bother you enough, you know, some people will say, yeah, but my parents they didn't get all this stuff, and my grandparents ate it. Well, we're not eating the same wheat today that our, our forefathers were eating. Um, you know, and so all this super hybridization, they've tried to accelerate the growth of wheat and and have get more, you know, more wheat per acre. And in doing that, um, it hasn't kept up with the way our bodies have evolved. So it's not even just like good for our bodies anymore, the way it may have been when it was more pure. Um, and then just the bottom line for us is it's just super high carb. So <laughs> if you're going to have it, have less. So, so why I'm saying all this in step number two is because when you're deciding what needs to change, if it's gluten, really understanding why you're thinking you need to get gluten out of your diet and, and what are the things that help support that are, are probably important. Um, and then the other part of what needs to change, again, from from my perspective, and again, everybody has their own thing. I was always trying to look at well, how can I get the right macronutrient balance. In any meal, because that's the thing that's going to keep you from being starved all the time. And then when your blood sugar swinging, and you're really, I mean, hangry is a word for a reason, right? People right. experience it. And you don't want to get like that, because that's when you gain the weight, you feel bad about yourself, and you get on a weird track, or you end up doing cheats. And, and if you can think about, well, how do you Change up your diet so that every meal you're putting together for yourself has the right balance of things, so that you're just gonna feel good from it. Then you take all the thought out of it later, and you take all the a lot of the temptation or the the things that will lead you from doing what you really want to be doing.
0: Yeah, I get that. Um, it's definitely a shift, a grad, and a, probably a gradual shift for many people to go from thinking, "What do I feel like eating?" um, or what kind of craving am I having or what's easiest versus what is the composition of my meal and how is this going to fuel me and how is this going to nourish me and how am I going to feel afterwards? Mm. That's such a more helpful mindset, but I know that it's a journey to get yeah. um, yeah, it is. totally second that, that philosophy. Um, so what next would you say for someone trying to make this big change? And and just a kind
1: of a build on of the, you know, understand what you're going to change. One, one way of doing that is to become aware of what you're already eating. And so what I recommend, and I had to go through this too, is, is take a food, do a food journal. Like follow yourself around eating and drinking for a week and write it down or two weeks or whatever it takes for you to really learn what your patterns are. Because people are usually shocked at how much more they're eating than they think, (laughs) or, you know, how much of something they're relying on, um, or at the certain times of day when they might be eating and realizing, oh, wow, I tend to get, you know, into the carbs majorly at this time of day. And so if you kind of know those things, it helps you, again, think about, you know, what it is you want to change and work on, and then you can put a plan in place that, that addresses those things.
0: Yeah. Tracking reveals the trends I once heard. And I love that expression. I do love that expression. (laughs) Tracking reveals the trends. Okay. And any final thoughts on creating change? Yeah. So, and this is the number one thing that's
1: been driving everything we did is don't, and you said this earlier, Carol, do not think about it in terms of deprivation. Get a replacement diet that you love. So if if you think about how many people fail because they're, um, you know, on diets that they they start on, it's usually because they're telling themselves, "I can't have this, I can't have that," but they're not like figuring out what's the thing that they're going to love that's going to meet all these requirements that they have, and and that is. Again, that takes some planning. You don't want to do that when you're hungry and you don't want to be reading labels when you're stark. But if you can be thoughtful about, you know, you want you want to eat donuts, well, you can make donuts from healthy foods um, and, and they're delicious. There are ways to do it. So that's what we did is we didn't give up baked goods and breads and pizza and donuts. We just had them differently. And so that's what we hope to offer to others you
0: upgraded them. You upgraded them. The yeah. Um, yeah. And I totally agree that it's really hard to make decisions when you're starving. And so making a plan in advance is really helpful and having the foods available to you. So, you know, whether it's doing some prep over the weekend or batch baking so that all of this is available, you're not about to whip up a, ba- a batch of muffins when you're starving. Right. Um, you know, you're going to be diving into the handfuls of cereal because that's just easier at that point. So having this, having these foods that you need available and prepared in advance is really helpful. And you know, so how many years ago was this when you first started all this? How, how many years ago was that?
1: Let's see. In, in 2014 is when we launched the company and
0: so when and it was, first went gluten-free, how many years ago? was uh, that? Oh, that's been almost 20 years. Holy moly. Okay, so this, this was my last question for you was, how have you sustained it over time? I mean, most of us can do something for a week, two weeks, a month, a few months, but you have sustained this over time. So what do you think has helped you do that?
1: Honestly, it goes back to um, not depri- d- depriving myself. So I do not feel like I'm missing out uh, at all. I'm eating everything everybody else is eating. I'm just eating a healthier version of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, the other part of it is there were times along the way where I would do the wheat cheats, and I would feel so bad. And, and that bad feeling didn't, like, it it just made me not want to do it. So there is a point where your body just gets used to not having the stuff. And then when you have it, it's not so great. Like you actually have a better memory of it than the experience of cheating with it. So So, you know, that, that, but for me, again, it's more about not thinking about what can't I have. It's just thinking about what can I have and making sure I can have everything. There's not one food thing
0: that I feel like I'm missing out on. Which is a great place to be because food should be enjoyable. We should enjoy the foods in our diet, meaning just kind of our general, the foods we eat. Um, How do you handle it when you're out and about, when you're at restaurants, when you're, you know, when there was a time when we were at friends' houses, how do you handle that? Yeah, well, so um, when
1: I we went to the winery, you know, before pandemic, right? And uh, and and there you can get cheese boards and you know all kinds charcuterie boards and all kinds of things with your wine. And we brought uh, sunflower focaccia bread you know, I mean, we just, we, we did it. Um, we would, if we would go out to eat and have burgers, we'd bring our own buns, you know, or we would just go without them and not worry about it. So it, I think it was just making choices of, well, what can I get that's on the menu where I'm still going to love what I'm having, but I don't want to get a substitute. So if there's a gluten free thing on the menu, I'm generally avoiding it. Cause usually it's just, it doesn't taste good. You've paid like five bucks more for it. Yeah. it and, and you just didn't meet the the need so
0: yeah and and add anything to your nutrition with it yeah yeah so either come prepared kind of think about where are you going to be when it's time to eat and be prepared or just work around it and find not a substitute but just find an alternative that you will also enjoy
1: and we're the people that bring people brownies and and other things and they don't have a problem with it at all
0: (laughs) yeah I love that strategy. When you, you know, offering to bring something when when you're being invited over, so that you know there at least will be that thing that you can eat and be happy with. Right. Um, well, this is so so good. I mean, I just want to clarify that I think you tell a compelling story, and I know that there are many people who will relate, and you know, for whom this will really resonate. And then I know there might be some people for whom it doesn't. You know, people who mm-hmm. have no interest in making this change, or you know, don't buy into this research that gluten is you know, not healthy. And I just want to acknowledge that everybody is different and everybody has to do what they need to do for them and make your own decisions and seek out the own, seek out the um, medical input from the people that you want to. So, you know, we didn't come on here to, you know, preach a certain message, but really just to this speak to in order that Really just to speak to the people for whom this really resonates and people who are yeah. looking for a solution, who people for people who've had an inkling that gluten might be the cause of some problems, but they haven't yeah. been able to make the change. And I wanted those people to feel empowered by your story and and by the tips of how you could do it. But you know, my philosophy is let everybody make the decision that they want to make and you know, do your research and do your homework, but everybody do what you need to do for you. I 100% agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Excellent. Well, thank you so much. This was so much good information. And where can people find you if they want to learn more about the company, if they want to learn more about the products, where can they find that out?
1: Well, we have a brand new website and it's called uh, sunflower, S-U-N-F-L-O-U-R dot I-O. And you can find us there and pretty much anything you want to know about us is on there. Um, and then we're also on social media. So we're on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook, and you can follow us there and learn, see more of what we're doing under what handle under think, eat, live, eat, live. Yeah. That's so that's our company name is think, eat, live. And and our, our website is sunflower.
0: Okay. And we're going to have a discount for people who are hearing about the products here. Um, look in the show notes and we're going to have a discount code that people can find out there, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. healthy habits. (laughs) Yes. Excellent. Perfect. Okay. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being on today and sharing your story. It's really an amazing story. And I appreciate all the tips that we were able to offer people today. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Carol, for having me. It's my pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening. And I look forward to being with you on the next episode. Have a good one. Thank you for joining me for another episode of healthy habits for life. If you love today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.